save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tears start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up-to-date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riffway Podcast. Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, player on Riftwake and D&D enthusiast. And today's topic is the immovable rod. Is this an item that you're familiar with, Mitch? Yes. Oh, well, tell me what you know about it. Uh, you turn it on and it can hold like 2,000 pounds or something like that, four bricks. Uh, rather more than that, actually. It can hold up to 8,000 pounds and doesn't break, just turns off at that point. But this is a, thankfully, relatively short description of the magic item, so I'm just going to read through the entirety for this one. Rod. Uncommon. This flat iron rod has a button on one end. You can use an action to press the button, which causes the rod to become magically fixed in place. Until you or another creature uses an action to push the button again, the rod doesn't move, even if it's defying gravity. The rod can hold up to 8,000 pounds of weight. More weight causes the rod to deactivate and fall. A creature can use an action to make a DC 30 strength check, moving the fixed rod up to 10 feet on a success. So, mechanically speaking, this seems to be a rather simple item. So can you tell me why it is that this item is honestly one of the more iconic items in the game of D&D? Portable everything. Ladder, pole, you need to stop something from charging at you. Yeah, yeah, this is one of those items that is mechanically simple, but massively versatile in terms of its actual use. 
before I do get too far into things, I do feel the need to mention, yes, I did talk a little bit about this item before in the past. I know that I mentioned it a little bit in episode 200, but it really is something that just deserves a little bit more in-depth discussion related to it. So with that being said, let's just dive right in. So it can hold up to 8,000 pounds and it just stays in place. So well, actually, before I talk about anything else, really, let's actually rewind a moment on Second Thought, because this is one of the things that you actually are familiar with. So can you tell me about your experiences with an immovable rod? No, I don't have any. Oh, OK, so it's just one that you're aware of, but it's not one that you've actually managed to use before. Yes, I've heard other people use it. OK, can Funner you tell people. me any stories related to it? Uh. I know it's been in a couple of books I've read. Uh, I know there's good stuff I've drawn a blank. Then there was that time we were talking about how to torture somebody. We brought it Which up time? then. Uh, what is the episode list? You know, we just need an R&R and &R torture. Uh. <laughs> well, maybe restraints maybe maybe we talked about it then oh yeah yeah, yeah. probably was restraint that sounds about right yeah i said you put it in their mouth and turn it on while they're being held to the ground so they can't turn their head or move yes so that actually brings up one of the biggest weaknesses of the item actually can you tell me what that is nope so this is an item that does not require attunement and the activation of it is simply pressing a button that is on one end of the item. So if the other person can reach the button, anyone can push the button. Can you tell me the easiest way to resolve that situation? Break arms. Well, that is a way. I don't know if I'd call that the easiest way. <laughs> Cover the button. Uh, I honestly hadn't even thought of that one, but yeah, I suppose that would actually work pretty well. You just had like a, you know, button like you put on, you know, a self-destruct button, some kind of case. Yeah, that would actually be a good way to do it. I actually hadn't thought of that one. Nicely done. But anyway, uh, you were kind of on the right track with the arm breaking, but that's a smidge much, debatably. But the point being is just make them unable to reach the button somehow or other. So this is where one of those, well, wait, why didn't they do blank kind of situations comes up for me, which is simply to reskin the item. So if you can have an immovable rod, then why not just have something like an immovable staff? Because a person's arm is likely to be able to reach, you know, two feet to potentially reach a button if you're using the immovable rod to hold them down. But if you have like a six foot quarter staff, you know, being used to help pin someone, most small to medium creatures aren't going to be able to reach that. And that's also, of course, assuming that they, you know, know to do so in the first place, because again, depending on the world, it is very likely not to be common knowledge what this thing is and how it works. But honestly, one of the things that just doesn't get used very much, which is odd to me, is to just resize or reshape the thing. So having there be, you know, just a movable 
uh, what would be smaller than a rod? Just a uh, stick? Pencil. Club? Pencil? I, actually, I guess wand would technically be if we're going by implements. So yeah, so a movable rod, you know, sized down to like an immovable wand, you know, with you know the inherent durability assumed here. Or just sizing up to an immovable staff. But also, can you tell me the problem besides the length of using an immovable rod to pin someone down? Depending on how you do it, I guess. Yeah. Like, if it's vaguely stick-shaped, whatever the size, that's not actually great for pinning someone down. So That's the, why you put it in their mouth. And that's why you put it in their mouth. Or a sword wound. <sighs> Or a stab wound. I mean, you're not wrong, but again, the less brutal way to go about that situation for people who have not done something to deserve that level of cruelty would just be if you just had an immovable rod that was just horseshoe shaped. Or are you familiar with something called a man catcher? I think we talked about it at some point. Probably. It's something pretty neat that's an actual thing that existed, but it's basically a kind of spiky collar at the end of a long stick and that it was used to just kind of manhandle people to where you wanted them to be because the collar had spikes on the inside. So if they didn't move, they would get poked by spikes and most people would prefer to avoid that. So having an immovable man catcher would be horrifyingly effective in the hands of some guards. And this is just yet another of those situations of, in a medium to high magic world, a way to make guards not suck, even if they don't have great stats, is to just give them a magic item or two that would just massively help in just increasing the safety of them trying to do that job. And something like an immovable mancatcher would be massively effective in the hands of anyone, really. So if you have a you know, party of PCs that are bounty hunters, let's say, which is a relatively common adventuring you know, a, a thing to do. So if you had an immovable mancatcher, then use that to be able to just pin someone out of the way. That's really, really effective. Now, can you tell me the downside of potentially introducing such an item to your world? It could be used on you. It could be used on you. And one thing that is very much worth pointing out, if you can't reach the button, then trying to move the rod is a DC 30 strength check, which, for the record, is the highest DC in the game. As far as I'm aware, at least, there is nothing that actually matches that. Fucking Tiamat, or at least the version that we have at this point in time, her spell save DC is only a 26. And yet the immovable rod, an uncommon magic item, has a DC 30 to move. Which is just nuts to consider. But... Uh, it it just so actually to backtrack once again for a moment the reason though that this is such a beloved magic item is that it is something that is able to be used in a lot of versatile and creative ways especially in the hands of you know more chaotic 
PCs. And there are no limit to the number of things that can be done with the immovable rod. It all just comes down to just people considering and just planning well in terms of how to use it. So like, let's say your party is trying to just scale a very dangerous cliff. If you just have an immovable rod, you can just have the immovable rod just be a perfect anchor that you never have to worry about falling out of the rock face. And actually, to go a step farther than that, what would be something even better than an immovable rod? An immovable ladder. Well, the joke was supposed to be two immovable rods. Same thing. Exactly. Because if you do have two immovable rods, then you could just use them as an infinite ladder very, very easily. And you could really just ascend indefinitely or move through three-dimensional space just as far as you're able to reach if you just have like two ends of rope tied to two immovable rods with yourself tied in the middle then you just move one a couple of feet push the button move you know a couple of feet lock move the other one a couple of feet lock move the other one a couple of feet lock like an infinite monkey bars or ladder can just move you infinitely it wouldn't be particularly fast but you could do it and that can just get just weird if you think about it's just a form of very very slow infinite flight in the form of two uncommon magic items and the fact that it is 8,000 pounds of weight means that you could technically have that just fucking weird looking monkey bars go for the entirety of the party at the same time and then some because 8,000 pounds is a lot and it doesn't break the rod it just makes it turn off if it should fail so to go with another example they use at the start if you have something charging at you and then you just put an immovable rod in its way any creature smaller than huge is probably not gonna weigh eight thousand pounds and is just going to run into this thing and as a dm probably should take like some form of damage for charging into it i mean especially if they have the thing laid down flat so it's hard to see and that they do just run into it that could just very easily stab into something if you do just consider the amounts of force involved so obviously it's up to dm exactly how you might rule such a thing but the fact that clever players might try to engineer situations to do that like imagine if you're just like in a narrow hallway and then you just have one person cast the darkness spell, and then one person just put you know, like a flat immovable rod just in a doorway so that anyone charging after them would just run into it and potentially get stabbed. That'd be a really effective trap, honestly. You know, or you could just go the other way and use one or two of them to potentially make, you know, trip wires of some sorts in all kinds of situations. You know, darkness also would be your friend for that one. It is a mechanically simple magic item that is just all about creative uses. And that really is just what makes this thing so goddamn fun to use. There is no limit to the number of things you could do with one of these items. And again, if you were to have a party 
that did get their hands on two of them, then that really does just let them just go nuts in three dimensions. So part of the reason that I'm so excited to talk about this today is that my own party in my game actually did get two immovable rods this week. And I am super excited to just see what they do with it because uh, like my group is like chaotic neutral at best, let's put it. So just seeing what they get up to is going to be a fun time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So just out of curiosity, can you think of any other potentially fun situations that you might get up to with an immovable rod? If you put a pointy end on it and then something charges it. Yeah, that would be even worse. Like, honestly, if we're talking about ideal shapes, like what I would probably say would be to just have like a point on one end and just have like a U-shape on the other end so that way like if you just had it shaped like a u it'd be a lot easier to pin people down and like you said having a point on the other end if you did want to use it for charging things and honestly if it had the u shape i would feel more comfortable uh using it with a rope because having a rope tied to a totally flat object like would honestly scare me a little because if you do lock that in place ever so slightly slanted that could be pretty troublesome and this is also one of those kind of situations where, okay, if you've actually looked through the DMG and Player's Handbook and just like looked at, or sorry, not the Player's Handbook, but the basic rules rather, like, have you actually seen the picture that they use for the immovable rod? No. So, okay, actually, let me just send this to you on discord real quick because well you'll see describe that for the audience please no please i've got a horse on it i don't know though it's a rod with a horse on either end yeah so in the item's description it says that it's just a flat iron rod. And yet, for some goddamn reason, the picture of it has like a middle bit that's hexagonal, maybe. But both ends are like, I don't know, an eight inch long rearing up horse. I don't know what the fuck a horse has to do with an immovable rod. It's weird, and I don't get it. I don't know if there's some kind of symbolism I'm not aware of, but... Maybe because it would take, it. it could stop a horse in its tracks or something. But why are you taking up two-thirds of the length of the magic item to depict that? Like, the, this is a dumb picture. There, it, it's, it's just dumb. 
unless there is just some kind of history or symbolism from past editions that I just am not aware of, like that's the only situation really that I can imagine here besides just some artists being really high. But seriously, two thirds, like only one third of the actual length of the item in this picture just is what I could charitably call a rod. The rest is just, again, two horses just at the top and bottom ends of this thing. And they don't even have a button depicted on it, really. It's, yeah, it, it's just weird, and I don't care for the picture. But anyway, the reason I just brought that up is to just reiterate, it's up to you as a dungeon master to decide what magic items look like in your world. If you want to just take you know, that picture as canonical fact that all immovable rods are that design, you can make that choice. I honestly wouldn't necessarily agree with that one, but that is within your power. If you decide that a magic item just can look like whatever the crafter wants it to look like, that gives you as a dungeon master more flexibility. That gives like players a bit rougher time when it comes to identifying magic items to not have a default look. So let it just lets there be more in that world. And I feel that to be a better way to go about it. So let there be, you know, immovable wands, immovable rods, immovable staffs, immovable man catchers. I mean, hell, when adventurers come across a locked door, what are the first two things they try? Mitch? I was muted. Uh, let me guess. Check if it's a mimic. <laughs> For a door? Yes. I've I've had that happen. I, uh, I wouldn't say that would be one of the first two things to think of. In, in it's most one of the first worlds. things I think of. <laughs> well, oh, that, that was a Curse of Strahd campaign, though. So I was poking everything with a stick to make sure it wasn't a movie. All right. I mean, uh, yeah, Barovia, Barovia is a dark place. Yeah. Then uh, I'm going to go with check if it's locked. And I don't know. Okay, let me refresh. First two things they try to do to get into a locked door. Oh, kick it in. Kick it in. Yeah, try to pick the door or try to kick it in. And yet, for some reason, have you ever heard of a dungeon master actually make NPCs actually make use of an immovable rod to bar the door? It's always that, like, classic wooden beam, but... If you have like some rich bad guy who is decked out in like magical items galore on their person, it'd be a smart idea to have this simple uncommon magic item be just to bar the front. Because that would mean, again, DC 30 strength check to try. So they would have to truly smash the door to pieces to get around the immovable rod, which would make it very apparent that they're there. And it would just make a very efficient security measure for like the type of NPC that would have that kind of money. And yet I have never seen that done. And it really just is one of those things that does just irk me a lot in D&D that there are so many 
convenient magics and magic items that do canonically exist, even before getting into anything homebrew, that just isn't used in logical situations for them to be. Ah, so with that being said, a little bit more on the topic of homebrew. So I already mentioned rather at length about making use of different lengths and shapes of a movable rod, and that really is just an easy thing for a DM to just make the choice on. So can you think of any other things that could be done to homebrew tweak an immovable rod? You mean besides making an immovable, uh, the immovable spear? A movable spear would actually be a very good idea as well. If you did just have a spear, then yeah, like that would be incredibly easy. And again, if you do consider it, it is a magically durable flat iron rod, then that would also actually make a pretty good door jam in the right situation. You could still tie a rope to it pretty easily to use it for the sake of climbing. You could definitely use it to pin someone down in their stab wound, as you are wont to do. And this time it provides the stab wound. And it provides the stab wound. Just put it right through the shoulder into the ground and then turn it on. Yeah, that, that'd be really efficient. I, I gotta give you that credit, at least. I mean... Or if a horse is charging you, or, you know, a guy on horseback. Anything is charging you. Because, again, it does take 8,000 pounds to make it move. But, like, if you had a freaking elephant charging at you, something that does weigh more than 8,000 pounds, if it does just charge into an immovable spear... That might just go right through it from the momentum. It still might not actually get moved if the thing that yields first is the elephant's flesh. And again, as to how a DM might want to rule that, I am purposefully not giving suggestions for the numbers because as a game, D&D shouldn't really have like auto kills. But, I mean, if you wanted to rule certain situations that way, I could see the argument. Or if you do just want to have it ruled as it just does the spear damage and then it, you know, shakes itself off, like, that would actually be a pretty reasonable way to go about it. You just kind of treat it almost like an opportunity attack where they, you know, set it up with their action and then the creature runs into it but then they just like stop when they feel pain because that's what a lot of creatures should do. So well, like a charging horse or something that ain't stopping. But again, like it's not automatic that they like might like charge into it full on, like, or maybe they do just notice the freaking thing that's just in the air and go about it. Because again, even animals can notice things in their path and go around it. So, like, again, it's up to you as a dungeon master to make the choice of how you want to implement such situations. But, yeah, just having an immovable spear, though, really would be a, just a smart idea as a thing to exist. So, there is one other just related topic that's not homebrew but can be an inspiration for uh, are you aware of the book explorer's guide to, to wild mount i'm aware of his existence 
Yeah. So they actually have a spell in that book called Immovable Object, which at least seems to be intended to be the spell version of a movable rod, or the spell that is used to enchant an object with that effect. So this is uh, the critical role book uh, setting book for those of you who may not be aware. So it is generally not considered to be full canon D&D, but it is published by Wizards of the Coast. It is you know, on D&D Beyond. So it's canon or not canon status is honestly one of the fuzziest. So again, just up to you as a dungeon master to decide to make use of this or not. But anyway, what that spell does, though, is to enchant an object, any object, to potentially be fixed in the air like a movable rod does. But... What's kind of neat is that a movable object is a second level spell that can target an object up to 10 pounds, but can hold up to 4,000 pounds. And then with a higher level spell slot can be up to 8,000 pounds. And then with an even higher spell slot can be an object weighing up to 20,000 pounds. So of course, me as a dungeon master who sees that will immediately think, oh, so does that mean that there might be something like, you know, lesser immovable object for the one that can only hold 4,000 pounds with a lower DC? Or might there also be higher, like a greater immovable rod, which can have the 20,000 pound weight capacity? So the weight capacity isn't something that does come up often, but not often doesn't mean never. So I can see the possibility of a desire for a party to have something like a greater removal rod that is just that much harder to deal with. Uh, one other thing that is an option for removable rods in general. Okay, I mentioned that I don't exactly care for the button weakness. So one way that you might be able to get around that is to have a variant immovable object where instead of a button, just make it an attuned item so that you just have a command word or something like that where it is still just an action to turn it on or off, but only the attuned person is able to do so. Because that fixes a lot of the potential weaknesses of the normal version of the rod. So even if you do just have the normal, you know, not staff or shaped version of the rod, just the fact that there isn't a button that anyone who reaches it can push just makes it a lot easier to just use and not have to worry about it being just resisted or gotten around as potentially easily. Of course, on the downside, that then makes it use up an attunement slot, which is something that can be rather troublesome in higher magic games, because those three attunement slots does does really tend to fill up pretty quick. Honestly, I'm probably going to need to do an episode on attunement at some point sooner than later to just go on that rant. Uh, sorry, though, that's a tangent for another day. 
So, in summary, a movable object is something that really... Or sorry, I keep saying a movable object after I said the spell. A movable rod really is a mechanically simple item, but has so much potential for fun uses and creative actions on the part of players that it really is one of the top magic items on my list for a DM to allow a player to get their hands on sooner than later to encourage all the kinds of crazy shit that that does allow. So Dungeon Masters, make use of immovable rods, whether it is as canon or some of the variants that we've talked about today. It just has potential to add more fun to your game. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwake, and you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffsandrules at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.